on today's episode of Gathering the Kings. So our measurables are money, net money, yeah. and time. So it's how many hours. My office manager is salary, but I do not want her ever working more than 40 hours. I right. want to put in more automation, more delegation for people under her yeah. so that she's not working really more than 30 hours. You are listening to Gathering the Kings with Chaz Wolf, featuring fellow seven, eight, and even nine figure business owners who have real battle scars from business and life, but have prevailed as the king that they are designed to be. We welcome high performing entrepreneurs to the stage in order to reveal the real of the real on what it takes to build a successful business today. We dissect the good and bad decisions they've made along the way that give a true and accurate picture of the journey of success and how you too can get there. Through this dialogue, you will learn the value of growing your network and surrounding yourself with power players and kings like today's guest. Grab your pen and notebook because we're about to dive in. All right, what's up, everybody? I'm Chaz Wolf. I've got Adrian Smoot on the King stage today. My brother, welcome. Thank you, Chaz. Dude, we were just having such a great time off air. For the listeners today, you can't see Adrian, maybe, unless you're watching on social media or something, but this dude looks like a highlighter, and we were just talking about his brand is built around this, so we're going to get to this, trust me, in detail, but Adrian, what kind of business do you have, brother? I buy single-unit mobile homes with the dirt. If you're just listening, I do encourage you to go to the social media and see the beautiful trailer behind me, because this is what I make money on, and I'm going to assume there's going to be some people shocked that someone with a trailer yep. is on this podcast. I love it. I love it. And you're you're right. Maybe somebody would be shocked about that, but we obviously do qualifications in order to be on this show. And so you've met those things. You're a king in the business. And so we're going to dive in, man. But before we do, why do you push at this level? You've already done the million dollar thing. That's why you're here. But why now? What are you after now? I am big into growth and helping people. So I still, of course, want a little bit more money. I want a little bit more fun. But my bigger driver than myself is I want to pay my office manager more. That's one of my biggest drivers right now. I recently, I sent her to a few education and summits for herself. And I asked yeah. her, what do you want to make? And she gave me the number and I'm like, all right, now we have a goal to make that much more money. So then we can pay you that much more. Love it. And then I feel that little void in the market of the older mobile homes and the single units. There's just not a lot of people there in that market. So I need to help those people sell their homes. Yeah. So there's two different pieces. And then, of course, some of it's for me. Of course. The piece for you, I want to dive into just a smidge before we move on. I love what you said about your team and thought the same things. The more my team makes, or maybe not even associated to money, the more on track they are for their goals and targets for their life, the more rewarding it feels like it is for me. But what's that small little piece for you that's in there? Is that money-wise? Is it something you're trying to buy? Is that legacy what's in it for you freedom more freedom i have a lot of freedom right now my life is pretty amazing but i want even more i'm traveling around right now teaching and speaking and i'm in my honda civic which i enjoy but i also might enjoy a half million dollar rv and yeah you know, it, but i don't need that it's always nice to have different things Love it. i do want to go back and touch you said it's not only money for your team so our measurables are money, net money, yeah. and time. So yeah. it's how many hours. My office manager is salary, but I do not want her ever working more than 40 hours. I right. want to 
put in more automation, more delegation for people under her yeah. so that she's not working really more than 30 hours. Yeah. Yeah. I love it because that, I don't know, I might ruffle a little entrepreneur feathers with this, but for me, it's a matter of if I can match, especially like you said, time and money with whatever target the folks have on my team. And I've got some folks that will work a hundred hours a week. Like I used to, like, Hey, I'm hungry. Let's get after it. And then I've got the folks that are four days a week is perfect for me. And so I think that from a leadership perspective, if I can give them exactly what it is that they're after, then I'm a better human. I feel like we connect better. They're going to be with me for life. I feel like just everything growth is like growth every all the way around. Totally agree. I am 100% with you there, man. That's how we create a good company culture. And like you said, people stay with you for life. Yeah. I'll tell you, you want to maybe insult me with my business more than my office manager. She's going to come back and bite you your head off. I'm going to be a little nicer. That's, That's how much pride she takes in it. It's so true. It's so true. I, we just gave a, we just did a weekend in-person mastermind and one of the gals on my team, actually two of the gals on my team spoke, but one specifically who you're talking about, the key holder is what we call her. She spoke and she gave an example of this, how she got offended on my behalf and she was ready to chop some heads. That's for sure. <laughs> that's awesome. She's yeah, a I love it, man. Exactly. And, and aligning with those folks and doing what you can. Okay. Let's dive in here. You've given us your why, but tell us how you got started. Was this the first business? Was there a business before? How were you raised? Give us like, give us your background a little bit. I'm very fortunate. I was raised by entrepreneurs. Uh, my dad actually moved to this country. Ooh, I don't really remember exactly when. He was 2030s, I think. Argentinian. Okay. Wow. Actually lived in Israel for a little bit. Ended up in New Jersey area and eventually down in Florida where wow. we live now. And so the we know there's a lot of studies, first time immigrants, they're usually really successful. And my dad's done all kinds of crazy businesses, but I grew up in the middle of a plant and statue like nursery where the house is in the middle. There were no days off. It's the typical small business. You yeah. work every day. It's literally right there. So I was able to go and pick oranges and sell them, yeah. go dig up a plant somewhere and sell it. So I yeah. was raised with that from day one. And then we can fast forward a little bit. I moved out. I was renting a place with some friends locally and we were absolutely terrible tenants. Like (laughs) people you don't want to rent to eviction notices for mud wrestling parties, spaghetti wrestling parties, (laughs) just all kinds of crazy stories. We could fill the whole podcast on, but that led me to buy a house because we were evicted. Yeah, And then I lived for free and I was like, this is pretty cool. All I did is charge my friends that moved in my mortgage. Yep. And we'll just skip some of my timeline. I end up in mobile homes. Okay. Really? Actually, there is an important part. So my second house, I lost that as a short sale. Oh, wow. And we do need to talk about that because that was such an important time because it put me in check a little bit, especially my ego, kept my just everything in check, we'll say, because it was an yeah. embarrassing moment of losing it. And I, but at the same time, I didn't lose the first house because I bought it and I was renting it. Wow. And that taught me the importance of a business that there is more freedom yep. because I also went six months without working in the last recession, but I didn't lose the roof over my head. And I was like, this yeah. is pretty cool. I need to do this on a bigger scale. Yeah. And then we can fast forward. And that's how I eventually got into mobile homes. And I got to the mobile homes with land because they're just a forgotten niche. Yeah. I mean, they really are. And I don't like to work 
super hard. I, I joke around that I'm a lazy investor. Really what that <laughs> means is I go where everyone else isn't. Yeah. If everyone else is looking at mobile home parks, I'm like, okay, I don't want a mobile home park anymore. I go where people aren't at because it's easier. It's less competition. And I can serve the people in that niche that need help. Yeah, I love that. So many good nuggets there. I think the lesson that you just shared with us, I want to try to dissect that just a little bit for the listener. Because even though it was a home and then a second home, it could have been that that was just your widget. Your widget was the home. It could have been a specific job that was sold for a contractor. It could have been a client that was sold for a marketer. A lot of different examples. In that, what you said is that what you had is you had an example of what worked and then an example of what didn't work. And so in that moment, how did you take what worked and what didn't work to put it together to then put something in motion towards uphill as opposed, or I mean, scaling up as opposed to continuing just to flounder around making the same silly decisions? In the moment, I'm not going to pretend that I was that smart or anything. I just, I didn't do anything with real estate for a few years because banks told me I couldn't. Got it. Okay. But I kept looking because yeah. I see people do it before and I really just got like frustrated. I didn't want to work again forever. So my last actual W-2 job, I worked at the YMCA eight <laughs> hours a week, two shifts of four hours. And I loved it. I still love the YMCA. I will, I give back money now and I will give back even more in the future. But the fact that I knew where I was going to be Tuesday yeah. and Thursday at noon, six right. months from now, that Didn't just that killed well. me mentally. And I was like, I, there's so, got to be something more. Yeah. And I kept searching and I played in the stock market for a bit. And that's why I have four monitors still right now. I don't need that for real estate. But sure. when I was in the stock market, I had it. I failed forward there. I learned a ton of stuff that oh, yeah. never thought would come into real estate in the rest of my life. But I just kept trying things. And then eventually this mobile home thing stuck. I had a coach at the time. He used the word widget. He's I don't care what you're doing, but this widget is working. Yep. And your widget is this mobile home. I don't really care what it is. Yep. It works. 100%. So go all in. Yeah, I love that because he's right. You're right that it doesn't matter what the widget is. In fact, I had people ask me when I bought my first business it was an edible arrangements franchise. And they're like, oh, you must like fruit. And I'm actually, no. Super surprising to most folks that I don't even like fruit. Like most fruit, don't even like it. Don't want to eat it. It's a weird texture thing for me. But to me, it was just a widget. I didn't need to know how or love a cantaloupe. I needed to know how to sell cantaloupe pieces in a basket that made people go, wow, look at that. And so it's the same thing. So let's turn this into, we transitioned there a little bit, but that good decision that you made along the way as you were building, possibly before seven figures, where you can look back right now, boom, it's the one decision where you're like, dude, if I could do it again, I'd do it the same exact way. Oh, the one decision. To stick with the mobile homes, I was in a mastermind group. And so my old mark or my marketing for buying properties is my wife buys mobile homes. Love it's it. a t-shirt and that's what it says on it. The original shirt said, my wife buys houses and mobile homes. And it had this little like fiber logo on it. It was like a house, like a tornado. And okay. my actual brand name was Fast Solutions for Homes. I thought it was crafty. It talked about solutions. Sure. And in the mastermind group, they said, that's terrible. You're wearing a shirt that's really fun and people will like it. Stick with that. I said, no, my idea is good. And yeah. they said, just try it. And I said, all right, I'm going to prove you wrong. And they were right. 
Wow. Okay. So the recommendation was get rid of the well thought out practical business name and yep. just go with my wife buys mobile homes. Yep. And to get rid of the word houses. Yep. And I was like, no, I still want to get houses and sell those to other investors. And I said, no, you have to be super niched down and get really good at one. And I went to prove them wrong because I like to prove people wrong and <laughs> they were right. So I won wow. regardless. Now that's the way I look at it. I'm like, go try to prove someone wrong because either yep. you get to be right for your ego that's right, or they get to be right and you made money. And you made money. I right. love the perspective. Yeah, because you're right. I can relate to that. I think most entrepreneurs can. Got a little chip on the shoulder. I don't know. Let me go see if this is right or not. But okay, so for you, the decision in there, I heard several actually. I heard listening to trusted people around you. Maybe you didn't take their advice at full tilt right away. You at least put it into practice to, to verify. So you took action to the suggestion. And then I heard you say, you, tr you tracked it, you measured it, it worked. And so you actually just moved forward with the good idea, which for you was niching down and keeping in this one lane. Has that enabled you to be super successful in this lane? Oh yeah. I envy people in a way that can do tons of different things that from the beginning. Like I am a niche person. I get really good at one thing before I can move to something else. That's just what I've learned about me. I think that's most people. Yeah. I don't think many people can start out doing five or six, 10 different things at once and be successful. I've met a few. They're amazing to me because they're doing something I can't do. Sure. So I've gotten really good at the mobile homes with land. And I do have other investments and other things. And now I'm also speaking and teaching, but I couldn't do that until I had a successful, smooth running right. business buying mobile homes with the land. And we're still improving that. That's never going to be ending. Sure. But I couldn't do that and be teaching at the same time. It, I wouldn't yeah. have a life. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so much good value here. I appreciate you being honest with that. What about a bad decision that you've made along the way that you can share with us? This is a frustrating question when people ask me because I have learned at this moment in my life that every quote unquote bad decision really makes me so much better of a person right. later in life. I agree. So that short sale was a bad decision for a long time. And now there's no way I would go back and change that because I wouldn't be a conservative investor. I wouldn't right. be setting myself up so well for this recession that some right. people say we're already in. Yeah. I wouldn't be in the mobile home niche. Right. And I can go through all these different times that I maybe should have done a better inspection or I should have done this. It always later comes out to be better. Or I didn't have great communication with my wife or another right. family member. I got to learn how to communicate better. And so it is, I can't think of anything off the top of my head because literally every moment I go back and what could I have learned from that? Or what was life teaching me yeah. by that really painful moment of a mistake? Yeah. The principle that you're sharing obviously is more than accurate. It's everything. And I think a lot of it probably really what you're talking about is it's not so much good decision, bad decision. It's pessimist versus optimist. And the optimist sees frustration or the issue as, well, now I know. And he keeps on going. He keeps on walking almost naively a little bit. And so using the, cause you mentioned it a couple of times now using the short sale, obviously in that moment, the bad decision was to go through with the short sale or was it because you didn't situate the money properly? So it caused the short sale. What was the actual like bad decision that you made at that point that you look back now and you go, I wouldn't change it, but it was still a bad decision. So I bought that really not knowing anything. I was just like, why live for free? If I buy another right. house, it'll be good. I'll yeah. be making money. Yes. So I went into that losing a tiny bit every month. 
But the banks told me, don't worry. Real estate goes straight up. Mm-hmm. And in two years, you can refinance this, take money out, and you'll be making money monthly. So I said, right. okay. Well, that doesn't work when you buy it at the top of the market. <laughs> and I had an adjustable rate mortgage. Oh, goodness. So as the value of the home was going down, my payment actually started going up. So I went from losing a little bit to a little bit more. And then I was advised, hey, you should get out now. And I said, no, I'm right. My ego jumped in. And I held probably for a year and a half, two years. And then I sold it as a short sale. I think it was like a 60% loss. So 40% of value. Wow. So I sold it. I bought it at the worst time and sold it at the very bottom. So I timed the market perfect, just the flip side. Just the flip side. Yeah. So I get the learning experience from that besides that difficult things make you stronger. Right. Is really run your numbers and set yourself up for success. Look at the worst case scenario. Will it still make money and can you still make it? If that's the answer, then yes, I'll go with it. But if I can't make money on that one deal standalone and it's not just super exciting to me, I'm not doing it. Yeah. Yeah. I think the reality that you're describing there at the beginning, you said you just did it right. Like you didn't know a whole bunch and entrepreneurs do this every single day. And there's freedom in that for sure. Because if we knew everything, probably we wouldn't do a whole bunch. I'm getting a smile. I wouldn't have bought this one behind (laughs) me. If I knew everything that was going to be wrong with it. Yeah. hundred percent. So there's gotta be that jump without knowing fully, but I get what you're saying there and just have a little bit more of an understanding, a little bit more of a process to, to fall back on in a situation like that. I think that also to the moments of what seems like an okay deal, especially early on, we miss it or we jump in on the okay deals thinking that we're going to miss it. I just remember thinking like, oh, this is another one. Like, I, I, I don't want to miss it. I want to get, I don't want to miss the train, but that opportunity train comes by often. Yeah. Especially when you will push back a little bit, I found. That's right. Because then if we say no, so I just missed out a few months ago on a really good storage deal that some friends were in and I didn't realize the urgency of time. And I waited two more days to actually get all my paperwork and money in. And they're like, man, we're full. We already raised all the money we need. I was like, are you kidding me? It was a fantastic deal. I don't know what's next, but all I just told myself, you know what? There's something better coming. That was a fantastic deal. But if I lost that, yeah. Yes, I'm going to learn my lesson to go a little quicker, uh-huh. but there's something better out there for me. That's why I lost it. That's what I believe. Yeah. But yeah. I didn't get that because there's better. Yeah, absolutely. Going back to the optimistic, geez, if you, you can't be a pessimist and think like that. And so there, I read a book a long time ago called Learned Optimism, and it is everything you're just doing naturally is what it breaks down. I just love it. But to that person who then moles over like, oh, I missed it. And I was only two days and, or going back to your short sale. Oh my goodness. I bought it at the high and I sold it at the low. I lost all this money. It ruined my credit. They're just like downward spiraling out, out, like completely out of the game where here you are just a couple of years later crushing it. And so I think the perspective there is if it doesn't literally kill you and take you out, it's going to be all right. There's going to be something else. Don't worry. Put your hand to good things. Can I touch real quick? You said my natural optimism. Mm-hmm. I am pretty naturally optimistic, but I also do a ton of work behind the scenes. Love it. My morning routines and mindset. I was listening to positive stuff and doing push-ups before this because I wanted a little more upbeat and a little more energy to make right. sure I had that coming into the show. So there's a lot of behind the scenes that I do to make sure that my natural optimism stays shining forward and doesn't get just put back 
in the backside. Yeah, it's this is such an interesting topic. It doesn't come up often, actually, in, in all of the things that I've been involved with. But there are several people who ask, dude, do you ever have a bad day? I had, I've had this one client for multiple years. They're in another country. And every time I get on, it's the same. They're just, we, it's, I greet them the same way. It's the same energy. They get the same Chaz Wolf every time. And, but to your point, there's things going on in the background that it's the reading list. It's the audible, it's the podcast, it's the time with the family. It's the rest that I'm getting. It's the, you got to know how to turn it on. Hey, the show just came on. We just went on air time to have a little bit more boogie in the step. <laughs> Because that's how you deliver value. It doesn't have to be that it's not real. It just this is how we're trying to land this information. This is a free podcast. So for the listener here today, like you got two studs on the other end talking back and forth on what we've done here literally today to try to bring value to you. Neither one of us are going to directly monetize from this specific one show. I just think there's so much practicality that you're given there. I just love inside. I got a question for you about process and discipline. You've made good decisions. You've made bad decisions. You've shared both. Is there a specific process that you take decisions through or a discipline that you have? You've mentioned morning routines, stuff like that. Any sort of disciplines that you have around decision-making? This is an interesting topic because the last few days, I cannot remember the guy's name. I found on YouTube and went down a rabbit hole. I think his book is The Staircase or something. Okay. And a lot of what he was talking about is the difference of highly successful entrepreneurs. They don't wait to make and go through that hard decision. A lot of people procrastinate it, overanalyze it, and then it becomes big yeah. and a really hard thing. And when we take that quick action, it's not that big. Yep. And he talked about a Colorado, how the, I didn't do any research on this. I'm just regurgitating what he said. Yeah. He said, when the storms come in from the West, the cows naturally run away from it, like most animals do. And they're running away. Eventually, the storms catch up, and then they're in it for a long time. The buffalo, however, whenever the storm comes, they run into it. Mm -hmm. So they're going against it, and they're in the storm for a shorter amount of time. Interesting. So as us as super successful entrepreneurs, we go straight into the pain or the problem or whatever, and it's really quick, and we didn't make it into this big thing in our head. All Most of these tough decisions and conversations I have afterwards, I'm like, yep, again, it was not as big as I thought it was going to be or as hard as yeah. it was going to be. Yeah. But I think it's that quick decision, taking action. And I'm not just saying blindly go make a decision. I'll talk it over yeah. some the right people. Yeah. But not waiting weeks and months yeah. for taking action. Yeah. You got to build a history with your gut, build a history with yourself of making those choices and making good choices. And then I love what you just said. You just whispered it in there as far as like, pinging a few key people around you makes a big difference. You've already given us an example there of even changing your entire name and branding and all that fun stuff came from a couple of key people around you. So that's great. Hey, Kings and Queens, Jazz Wolf. I want to talk to you about something that's super important to me. We put a lot of time and effort, we meaning myself and my team into this podcast, into the content that goes out every single day. And if you have been getting any sort of value or insight from this, we want it to be able to reach other business owners too. So we would love if you would like, comment, share, leave a review, post, share again, <laughs> all of the things on social media, on all the different platforms, or even on the podcast mediums of Apple and Spotify. We would love to be able to get our content into more hands, more entrepreneurs, so they can grow their business as quick as possible. Together, we are building a community of like-minded entrepreneurs who are committed to growing their businesses to new heights. So let's do this. Let's help each other. Let's help each other grow.
Okay, I'm going to transition to the speed round here. All right. Adrian, I want to know a couple of things here. First one, a metric, basically. But I want you to boil down your already niched business. But I want you to boil it all down to what's the one metric. If you could only track one forever and ever, what would the one metric be? Networking. How many new people I meet and tell them what I do. Interesting. Okay. And why? Why that number for you? Because that's how I get all of my deals. But more people that know what I do, then they can refer me. My superpower, I'm putting air quotes there, is I'm a likable person. I think it's because I generally want to talk to people and like people. Yeah. And I'm generally there to help. So more people I can talk to that they know what I do, maybe one out of 100. I don't know. I don't keep track of it. Somebody's going to eventually come back and know what I do and need my help. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I think from a business like a practicality standpoint, I'm breaking down two things. Number one, being known. If people don't know you or know what you do, there's zero chance they can go in business with you. And then number two is the literal pipeline. If you don't, if you don't meet new people, you have no new deals. If you have no new deals, you have no business. Yeah, the one caveat I will put there for the listeners is I'm a little bit more of an extrovert and I like out there talking. Sure. This is not a key metric for introverts, I don't think. And I think they yeah. don't get, they don't, they kind of get pushed down a lot, introverts, because everyone, a lot of people say network, network. That's painful for introverts a lot of times. So they got to yeah. do a different metric, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Or they understand the value of what the metric is, and then they either create a system around it or they just buck up. You're talking to a an introvert. Okay. Believe it or not, I'm not super introverted, but believe it or not, I am an introvert. I'm a learned extrovert. The value that has the last 20 years of being on the phone and in phone sales and leadership and building businesses, and I, you got to learn to talk to people. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter necessarily at the end of the day that I just, because <sighs> it yeah. drains you. You have to go recharge. And I'm just, I got to like, go recharge. Where's yeah. the next person? Yeah. <laughs> Literally, that's my wife. She's like, hey, can we have a party now? I'm like, I just had a party all day on the, on the podcast. <laughs> anyway, so I, I appreciate that perspective. What book would you recommend, Adrian, for a six-figure business owner trying to scale to your level or above? It's going to be mindset for sure. I don't know. I'm going to try to go with one that probably the listeners haven't heard of. And The Inner Work mm. is one of my favorite ones this year. It's okay. by The Yoga Couple. Okay. And I believe one reason I really loved it is it took a lot of mindset books and put it together. That's the way I felt like. I believe they're in their 30s. Okay. So I think they've learned from a lot of the same people I've been learning from, the Joe Dispenza and all these different mindset people. Sure. And then wrote a book recently. So it's just a combination and it's very simple. Yeah. And out of all that work I've done, I took a lot out of the book. Yeah. What, so, what was your one takeaway? One takeaway. I think to get back to some of my basics within mindset and yoga and like breathing sure and because i feel like some of that we just keep trying to get bigger and deeper and yeah and mindset's not always about like entrepreneur like getting growth and bigger it's almost about coming down and going less and slower yeah and i think that's why that's the next step if the entrepreneurs don't already have that yeah they need it they have to have it to get to the next level and if we already have it i actually think we need more of it so yep. one of my favorite quotes within that world is we have to slow down to speed up. Yeah, it's so true. And I think you're spot on for the six-figure business owner because they're, they themselves, they are probably in their own way. They're doing too much. They're wearing too many hats as you and I probably were at that stage too. Yeah, and, and I still am. I am still one of the cog in the wheels <laughs> in the business. 
I feel yeah, like I yeah, almost but, always am. I mean, as you said, in order to speed up, you got to first slow down. And so what that looks like on the outside is removing yourself or hiring somebody else or all these little practical things that we talk about on the show all the time. But you just put it into a mindset term. You just said, hey, look, you got to get quiet on the inside before you can really make big decisions. And that's probably what's happening is that they just don't have any super big decisions yet. And you can't make big decisions if things are chaotic or crazy. And you can't get that mindset building blocks by next week because you have right. a big decision next week. We got to do it today in order to have that slow pace and calmness in a year. Yeah, it's, it's not an overnight learned skill. It's work. And then reminding of the work was what you just said. Like you've been putting in the work and you just got reminded of the work. It's so true. It's an exercise and you stop using it or you don't use it as intentionally. It, the muscle goes away it, and it's so key to success. Do you've already mentioned the value that you've gotten from a mastermind group, but the question is, do you network or mastermind with other entrepreneurs? Obviously we know you do, but tell me, tell me from a, a mindset perspective or a high level perspective, you gave a pretty specific, intimate detail that you got from networking, but give us like more of a principle of why are you involved with other entrepreneurs? Like what benefit does it bring to you? I think of the masterminds I'm in as my board of advisors. That's a lot of what I think of it. And I love problem solving. So being with other entrepreneurs, I don't even have to be in a deal or anything. I just love being in a room, thinking very creatively, problem solving. Usually it gets complex. Then we bring it back down like, yeah, that'd be fun. But let's just do the simple thing. That's right. And That's right. I, I get such a joy out of doing that. And then following the person through it. I'm like, give me feedback. I want to know how it works. And I do, like I said, mobile homes, but my friends in the storage facility or mobile home parks and massive apartment complexes or new builds. I don't do any of that, but I want to live through you that you are doing it. And I want to hear all the stories. Yeah, so true. So true. Especially when you have, like you said, the story along with it. It's not just a YouTube video that you watched. It's a or relationship and you're get to grow as they grow, which is, which is pretty unique. It's spoken like a true extrovert, <laughs> but that's okay. That's okay. There's lots of introverts like me in mastermind yeah. groups or even have, they have their own and the value is still the same that you key relationships are everything. Okay. One question for you around timing. You said freedom is a big thing for you. So I want to put a scenario before you that if you only have one, one hour a week to work your business, what would you do inside of the one hour to successfully run your business like you do now? Ooh, that's a good question. I have one hour a week and my business is like it is now. It's not- Same exact business. business. This okay. week, you've only got one hour. Next week, one hour. The week after that, only one hour. What do you do? Then I would have a one hour call with my office manager and for her to bring the biggest problems in order. And I would brainstorm of how to solve them. It's awesome. That, that's all I would do. I, I'm a, I love problem solving. And she's an implementer and I'm not so much of an implementer. Yep. She just needs the solution and then the charge to go do it. Yeah. I would just problem solve. Okay. And so last question, Adrian, are you ready? It's a big one. If you lost it all, my friend, what would you do? If I lost it all and had no money, right? Everything gone. Okay. I would start out with mobile homes in a park. So not the niche I'm in. I buy the home and land together, but the mobile home in the park is very high yielding, very low dollar. It's a little bit more work. I don't get the control and stuff. So I would do that and, or I would do master leasing with any type of real estate. So I would rent the property from you with the right to sublet it out to someone else. I can get into that with virtually $0. That's right. And then I can create a spread there. 
the in the park deals will usually take some type of money, but it's lower dollars. So I would start, let me reword my answer. Start with master leasing, rent it from you, re-rent it to someone else, get some income there, continue doing that, and then get some within the park because they're lower dollars, very high yield. And I'd be working a ton getting both of those. That's how I'd start over. Yeah. I love that you're, you didn't even think of it as a decision to start over. You just gave us the answer of how you would start over. Yeah. I love it. It was true entrepreneurship, right? Oh, tomorrow I don't have anything. Okay. Here's the game plan, right? That's what you just did. You just in yeah. real time gave us the solution to the problem tomorrow is just, it's all gone. Yeah, exactly. And it's, I think it, just knowing that thinking my, my initial reaction when you said that was that means I have more confidence to go forward. I don't have to be in scarcity mindset that, oh, if I lose everything. If we already have something that we know we can go back to, I don't know, we have more confidence to go and take more risk and don't get too scarcity mindset. Yeah, yeah. It's actually, it's funny. I haven't thought about this for myself, but as I'm listening to you, this thought that just came to my mind, which is if I genuinely lost everything, that's a pretty scary thing to think about to your point, what you just said. But the freedom for the optimist, because it's like, now I don't have the weight of all mm. of the things that come along with it. And I can literally just go be free again and, tr and try something new or do the same thing or whatever that freedom choice is. And so I thought that actually sounds really exciting. And then I was quickly reminded, I feel like that's why I'm a serial entrepreneur is because once I get it built up, then it's okay. What's the, okay, fine. Move this over here and let me pretend as if I don't even have it. And let me start something from scratch. Cause and now it's like, dude, am I crazy? No, I'm obsessed with this thing, which you just talked about, which is almost like the freedom to see, let me see if I can do it again. It's a certain type of crazy. Yeah, it's awesome. But there's a free, there's freedom. In, yeah. like, that's what you just said. There's freedom in that. Yeah, that's Love awesome. the decision to just keep going, dude. Okay, I want to know a couple things. How can the listener connect with you? You're speaking on this stuff. You're giving value. I'm sure you've got, probably got coaching programs. How can they find you? How can they get involved with you? Give us the deets. One quick, easy way to find my social medias, my information, everything is go to Adrian S 360.com 80 R I A N S 360.com. It'll have all the links right there and you can find me on, I'm mainly on Facebook. I have the other social medias, but I don't get on those as often, but if we you find a guy that looks like a highlighter, you found the right one. <laughs> and when you send me a message, let me know you heard me on this podcast because I get all the crypto and Yes. selling me stuff people so i'm trying 100%. to filter them out 100 and it'll help me not filter you out and just delete you i hate to be you know, like sound like a big ego guy but i'm just tired of all the messages and the, that's right. it's just oh, a mess it's, it's crazy like, it's the dms are crazy these days although the crypto ones have slowed down a little bit i'm sure that they'll yeah, back up when it comes back but dude it's been an absolute pleasure to have you here today you've given us just real practical life again for the listeners that can't see adrian He's got this highlighter color shirt on. He's got this terrible mobile home behind him in his picture. And, and uh, the dude's out there. Connect with him and get some more value, especially if you're interested in getting in on some of his deals and stuff like that. But the reality is that you're a king. So thank you for being here. Your time is valuable, as you've already stated. So again, thank you for being here and giving us what you've given us. I appreciate you having the show. We need you out here putting on the show because I'm too lazy to do it. And we need to get all this information out here. You're doing the hard work. I just get to come and have fun. So thank you. I appreciate that, man. We'll talk soon. Thank you for listening to Gathering the Kings today. I hope that you were able to pull out a few nuggets to go apply into your business right away. More importantly, though, I hope that you're realizing that it takes more to be successful than just being by yourself, doing it all on your own, carrying the weight all by yourself. 
what I have realized, not only in my own journey from multiple businesses and multiple different industries, and now interviewing literally over two or 300 other very successful seven, eight and nine figure business owners is that it's tough to do it alone. And so Gathering the Kings literally exists to bring together successful entrepreneurs. In fact, we are putting together 1000 Kings specifically who are grateful, but not done. We're intentionally assembling Kings who fight tooth and nail for their business, family, and communities. And here's what we believe that in the pursuit of excellence in those areas, that it ignites within us the responsibility to govern power and forge a lasting legacy. So if that relates and, and resonates with you, and you know that you need people around you, sharp, qualified, other very successful business owners, I want you to go to gatheringthekings.com. I want you to take a look at what we're doing and see if it makes sense for you to be part of our pursuit to 1,000 Kings. Talk soon.